At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Grid. If you want the edge, get on The Grid. We're back at At The Window, Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. We've been here holding you down through these crazy times. We've been talking a lot about the NFL, Jared, and how they are sort of conducting business as usual, but there's changes to all of those things, right? We've talked previously about how free agent signings, business as usual, but how are guys going to clear physicals or actually travel for meetings and things of that nature? And we're seeing some of the same things, Jared, with the NFL draft. We've been talking about it and know the draft is not being postponed or canceled. But first, we heard that, listen, the crowds won't be there. It won't be this event for the public. There won't be no fashion red carpet across the (laughs) Bellagio, right? Which I was kind of looking forward to. But we are now getting word more recently from Roger Goodell that they're not going to hold it in Vegas anymore, right? Vegas is, by all accounts, shutting down. The strip looks eerie at night. And what they're going to do instead is produce it like a TV show. And we know the NFL can do this, right? So they'll have a host and they'll have, you know, teams from their war rooms with their staff, you know, 10 or less, I guess, announcing their own picks. And when you think about this, Jared, you and I know about production elements required to put on a show. It's got everything they need to make the draft happen, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't see why an entity, uh, it's a multi-billion dollar entity like the NFL can't set up a Zoom conference with 32 teams uh, and just link everybody together. Uh, there obviously needs to be some protocols in place. The timing of the draft obviously is important. Uh, I don't know yet if they will tweak those rules in terms of how many minutes you get in between picks. How the picks are sent in is usually a very 
uh, connected process, meaning you have a direct line to like the bat phone uh, at Draft HQ, and the teams will call in. They will call in with trades. There are usually two people manning the phones, one line, and a, like there's usually a backup line and, and, and a main line. And if there's a trade that happens, the team that's picking will call the main line, and the team that is getting traded to will call the backup line, and they will communicate. So there needs to be some protocols in place. But we have a month until this happens, actually one month uh, from this week. So, you know, there's time to get these logistics in place. And again, it's a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, we do Zoom conferences all the time. We do meetings all the time online. Uh, I don't see why uh, a, a, a company and an entity like the NFL can't set this up and can't make this work. Because let's be real, Dane, we are hurting for this content right now. We want to know this information. We want to know how these teams are going to improve uh, throughout the offseason. And the draft is such a key aspect of that. It's vital that it goes off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, to be quite honest, I'll make a bold prediction. I think this year's NFL draft will be the highest rated ever. <laughs> That's fair. Come on, when you think about it, there will be no NBA playoffs going on at the same time. There will be no first month of the Major League Baseball season or anything else going on. And now hundreds of thousands of people who were diehard enough fans to go to the draft will also damn sure be in front of their television set. So we are in that time, listen, Jared, of when, you know, the combine did in fact happen, right, earlier this month. And now this is the time when teams would have their pro days, right? When 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 players would be meeting and, and taking visits with specific teams to kind of interview with coaches and things of that nature. What do you think at a big picture level, before we dive in, sure. what do you think is the impact of that portion of the calendar not being in place? Say, there is no Alabama Pro Day for Tua to throw at, right? We don't get the chance of, oh, that one player who had a character concern being able to go and meet with the head coaches and prove that he's got his mind on football, things like that. What do you think are the big picture implications of not having this part of the draft season calendar? I think it's all about, and again, we, we, we have discussed in prior segments continuity. Yeah. Certain te- and, and again, it's, it's funny because I think the teams that are going to be the most successful during these times are the teams that are logistically sound, meaning the teams that have a really good tech guy that can connect these coaches you know, in, 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 in a seamless way. It's very difficult to communicate during this process. How teams communicate in this offseason is going to dictate how quickly they can get up to full speed when the season starts later this fall. And I know that sounds silly, but if you don't have a good tech guy right now, if you don't have a good business operations staff to help connect people, and if there is not constant communication from the coaches all the way down to the assistants, down to the scouts, to everything, there has to be a a, a protocol in place for these types of emergencies. This is a national emergency that we are going through. These teams are not operating at their same level that they are used to. So to have the backup protocols in place, to have a really good Zoom conference system where every day these coaches meet, the staffs are able to meet, everyone's able to figure out, hey, I like this guy here. Well, have you had a chance to talk to this guy? No, I've only seen him this. The the communication level is, is paramount here. So teams that communicate well, and again, we don't know. I mean, it's very hard for us as betters to handicap that market because we've never been asked to handicap that market before. So it will be interesting to see which teams come out on the other side of this. They have all their ducks in a row and they're ready for the draft. It is going to be a fascinating draft because of the unknown element with the logistics involved with doing something like this, not only at the NFL level, but at the individual team by team level too. They need to be organized 
if they're not organized, it's going to look really bad come draft day. Yeah, and another thing I'd point out, you know, we know how, for example, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have a relationship in place already, right? So Bill can hop on the phone and be like, hey, these Alabama guys, I'm watching them on tape. Tell me a little bit more about them. You know what I mean? And I think teams that have some kind of uh, relationship or open window or phone line to some of these college staffs as well because that may be i mean everyone always does their due diligence in that way but you may even have to put more stock into the reports you're getting from some of the college coaches as well but i turn our attention because there's no shortage of ways to bet the draft right jared and and one of the things i think of first because we all always talk about the quarterback market over on FanDuel, jared you can bet right now the total number of quarterbacks that will go in round one, and they've hung four and a half as the number. And I think this is very, very interesting, Jared, because of the juice that's on it. What if I told you, Jared, that under four and a half right now is minus 380, but over four and a half is plus 270? I got to tell you something. We should play this out. You know we like to play games with each other here, Jared. We should play this out. I actually think that the over might be a good bet because history tells us teams will always jump into the first round or trade up to get their guy. And I'm seeing plus 270 as the juice for over four and a half. We can itemize it line by line and try to figure it out. And we will. But Jared, overall, do you think over four and a half quarterbacks could go in round one? I, I don't think it could. Ha- I don't think it will happen, but it certainly could. And I, and what I'm seeing in the marketplace over the last week or so is Jordan Love's position continue to increase. Absolutely. And he is the fourth quarterback on the board. We know Burrow's going one. We yep. know Tua and Herbert will go in the top ten. Yep. We thought originally that Love would be a back-end first-round pick. Right now I'm seeing his position in the mid-first round, 13, 14, 15. That's where kind of the odds are saying. So if you're telling me that the fourth quarterback will be taken, let's say, at 15, and there's 17 more picks in the first round. Yes, I do think it's very possible that someone says, hey, I really like this Hurts kid. Hey, I really like this Easton kid. He showed me something at Washington. Hey, I'm going to take a chance on the Georgia kid because, you know, hey, we just, we just don't know in the SEC when these kids are really going to fully develop because of the type of offenses and because of the defenses that they're going up against. I don't see any reason why you should lay minus 380 <laughs> at something that you could literally be sweating out 15 to 20 picks uh, if, if, if Jordan Love does go in the top 15, which it does look like he is going to do so. And I'll tell you what is interesting here. The Patriots sitting at 23, and I've been preaching this for quite some time. I, I, I am convinced. I don't know if it's going to be a 23, but they've got five or six picks, I think, with some compensatories in the third round between round one through three. I would be shocked if one of those five picks is not on a quarterback. Now, could they use some of those picks, package it, get back up into the first round at the end of the first round? Sure. Yep. So I, I think that is a very valid bet. Plus 270 is a nice price. That's the only position I'd be willing to take that bet on. Any other position, I think teams will be willing to wait, especially at wide receiver, considering oh. how deep this draft is at wide receiver. I think teams say, hey, I'm not going to trade up for a wide receiver. I can get one in the second or third round. That might be a starting level uh, talent. At quarterback, though, as you know, Dane, different animal. If a guy, if a team likes their quarterback, They're going to go up and get him. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen this before. And here's the other layer I'll put on this, Jared. And and it goes back to the way the NFL is conducting the draft this year. You talked about it with the phone lines buzzing off the hook and having the bat phone to one team or another. 
you've seen it time and time again, Jared, or at least in years past. The first round happens on Thursday. Then you wait an entire day to do the second and the third round. And when we get to the back end of that first round, there are teams left and right that are kind of recalibrating, for lack of a better term, right? And saying, oh, wait a second, these guys are still available? Maybe I didn't think that. Or maybe, and then they start to get on the horn. It happens every single year. Lamar Jackson was a quarterback that was traded up right into the back of the first round. You know, we talk about the year where Mitch Trubisky went number two. The Bears traded up to get him. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, even the Jared Goff and Carson Wentz here. Both the Rams and the Eagles traded up to get their guy. So I completely agree with you, Jared. All it takes is one person to fall in love with a quarterback. I think you've outlined, you know, the guaranteed four, in my opinion, right? You connect the dots. It's Burrow to Cincinnati. You got Tua. You got Herbert. I personally think that they're going to be in Miami and with the Chargers. We'll see. We know that Jordan Love is getting all sorts of love, pardon the pun. <laughs> and then the question, and maybe, you know, who knows who, you know, which team falls in love with him. But then we're left with the rest. You've identified Eason, Fromm, and maybe Jalen Hurts. Now what I'd like you to do, Jared, is let's connect the dots to some teams. For example, I'm going to throw two out there. Sitting at 13 and 14, Jared, are the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With Tampa, well, we know they've got Tom Brady, but we know that Tom Brady is not the long-term solution for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wouldn't that be a place where, oh my goodness, you draft Jordan Love or one of these quarterbacks and you give him a year or two to learn under the greatest of all time? That could be an option. The Indianapolis Colts are in a similar position. I mean, you've talked about... How, we've talked about how maybe Jacoby Brissett, they keep Brissett, they might move Brissett. What does that mean fiscally? One thing I'll tell you, Philip Rivers is not a long-term answer in Indianapolis. So right there in the middle of the first round, I see teams like Tampa and Indy maybe because they have aging veteran quarterbacks, albeit new to their uniform, who still need to look for the future. I think Tampa Bay is definitely a candidate to take a quarterback early. Uh, especially considering what we've seen from Brady in the past where you're right. I mean, two years is, is quick. And wouldn't that be great for a young quarterback to be able to learn from Tom Brady? Wow. The Colts are an intriguing situation. From everything I've been reading, the Colts are actually probably going to keep uh, Brissett on the roster this year. Yeah. From everything I'm seeing, granted, yeah. that could change. Because his cap hit is so high, I, I, I think they end up keeping Brissett on the roster this season. So I, I think the Colts might be the the team I wouldn't put into the category of drafting a quarterback in the higher stages of the draft. In the lower stages of the draft, teams right. will take a flyer on a guy, and I think that is a fair bet. I, I, I do think Brissett will be an Indy next year. I think it will be a two-headed monster quarterback for the Colts. It's only a one-year deal for Rivers. So it's very short, and, and I think Brissett's a guy who still is at the stage of his career where he's improving. So I, I, I think he was a late bloomer anyways out of NC State, and even in New England, he still was – figuring things out. He doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. He hasn't started a lot of games. He, he was a backup for the majority of his career. So I think Percet might be a guy that they keep and they might just swallow his deal this year. Uh, the Tampa Bay is a great, that, that's a great, I could really see the Bucs uh, being a little bit aggressive with the quarterback position. It's obvious that Jameis Winston will not return in a backup role. He has already said his farewell to the Tampa area. So Tampa Bay needs to have somebody else uh, in the fold 
Uh, and it makes sense why you would want a young quarterback paired with Brady, because not only are you bringing that quarterback along for the ride, but you also have some decent protection. So Tampa Bay in the middle of the, of the first round, they could be a team that could steal Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is the trigger in this draft on how teams really dictate the rest of the quarterback market. If everything we're seeing is true and Love goes in the top 15, there's going to be some teams that are going to get aggressive in the bottom of the first round and reach for a quarterback, perhaps. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks get reached for before, and again, that's the position that you make your move and you are aggressive with. So if Love goes early, that could set the table for the rest of this quarterback market to get a little bit of a boost in terms of their draft stock. So when we're talking about the over-under on will we get to five, I think you're absolutely correct, Jared, right? Because if Love does go in the first half of the first round, we're talking about another 15 opportunities for whether it be one of these teams that draft in the back half and teams that draft in the back half are generally good teams that have less holes to fill. Want to move up to the third. I'll throw a couple out here that are, you know, in the back half and may fit the bill. You tell me if you like any of these ideas or have any other ideas on who could be that fifth quarterback needy team at the level of first-round capital to go get their guy, whether it's Hurts, whether it's Eason, whether it's Fromm, who could be that fifth guy. I look at teams, Jared, with, you know, aging quarterbacks, quarterbacks that we know are kind of on their last legs. For example, we've talked about the quarterback room in New Orleans for a long time, Jared, and they're sitting there at number 24. You know you got Breeze. We've talked about kind of the concerns of – like, are they going to let Taysom Hill truly be a quarterback and what that means? So New Orleans is at 24. I see the Green Bay Packers at pick number 30. Aaron Rodgers, you know, you don't think about it. But after this wave of the true elder statesman, Aaron Rodgers is really kind of a guy who's been in this league and has not finished, what, half of the last four seasons healthy. So if you have a team that's ready to roll, maybe you need to, steal to think a little bit early about that secession plan. The Green Bay Packers come to mind. And then, honestly, Jared, another team that's early in round two that may decide to hop back up into the end of round one like we've seen teams do before. For me, what about the Detroit Lions? You know, Matthew Stafford has been kind of, you know, there's been buzz about his future in Detroit for the last couple of years. And this is a guy, don't get me wrong, I love the way he grits it out. But, you know, he's had injury concerns as well. Whether it's those three that I just brought up or another one you can think of, who might that candidate be as a team to go get a first-round quarterback? I'll tell you who I think might need to address this issue are the Chicago Bears. Mm. And I know that they just took Mick, you know, they, they just traded for Nick Foles and that's great. Right. But you know, that's another guy that's massive injury concerns. They obviously have lost faith in Mitchell Trubisky. So this is a team, the bears don't pick in the first round. Remember, you know, you know they, they've, they, they've got some draft issues. They do have two second round picks. So that could be something where they maybe move up and take Easton or Hertz, or if they like one of these guys, uh, the, that, that, so they're not in contention, I think to get a Jordan law. But I think they could get that fifth quarterback. Right. Maybe they could package their second-round pick this year and another second-round pick next year, move up 10 spots, get, to, get into the end of the first round, and go take Jalen Hurts. Or maybe it's not the first round. Maybe it's just they, 
package their two second round picks and they move up five to ten spots and yep. they get Hurts or they get Eason or they get Fromm, one of those kids that they like. You know, as the puzzle pieces continue to come into focus, Jared and I will be here to break it all down, anticipate, and see if there's opportunities to get you a little bit of cash. It's at the window right here on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared, if you want the edge, get on the grid. We'll be back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back here to At The Window here on SportsGrid. It's Dave Martinez and Jared Smith touring you across what you need to know for the NFL draft. Jared, we talked about it. It's going to be a TV show instead of a live event, but that doesn't matter. Teams are still going to get the guys they want, and that applies mostly for the quarterback position. We say it all the time. Teams trade up. You know, I would say over half of the quarterbacks who have been drafted in the first round over the last five years were actually traded up 
to get them. You know, Sam Darnold included, Danny Dimes. You know, everybody is trading up to get their quarterbacks. And what that means for me is you get the guy you want. And there's been a lot of talk about Tua Tagovailoa. And who, in fact, wants him? We've said before here, Jared, that with a guy with injury concerns like this, you know, he had the hip injury and went down at the beginning of, uh, towards the middle of Alabama season last year. The question is, who's going to take that risk and invest that level of draft capital, likely a top five pick, to get a guy with, you know, maybe some red flags and still injury concerns? I know, Jared, when you've been digging in a little bit, you're not entirely sold on Tua. It's not that I'm not sold on him. I think he's going to be great. I just think it's too risky at this stage to give up future picks, and that's what the Chargers or Dolphins would have to do. So right now, the, those two teams are in an arms race. They yeah. both have plenty of picks, which is kind of ironic that the two teams that want to move up have plenty of draft capital to do so. It's very much Cold War-esque where one team wow. says, I'm trading the third pick, and then, oh, well, maybe we'll trade for the second pick. I, I think Miami is in the best position, obviously, because they're a pick ahead. So they would have to give up the least amount of capital to move up. I am hearing that the Chargers do want to move up and take Tua. That is what they want to do. The question is, can they get from six all the way to two? And then the question remains, well, if you're the Redskins, do you think a trade is worth more than taking Chase Young at two, who, in my opinion, Chase Young is the best player on the board? So when I look at that FanDuel prop, Tua Tagovailoa, and, and the books really did a good job with this one, they made it really expensive to make this bet. I still think it's worth the money. Over under two and a half draft position for Tua. Over meaning he's going to be taken third or later. So that means you're betting the over. You don't think Tua will be pick one or pick two. I don't think he's going to be pick one. I think Burrow to Cincinnati is going to be the case. We're seeing the odds dictate that exclusively. Yeah, he's minus 3,500. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a virtual lock at this point. At two, that's where things get a little bit murky. And the Redskins are going to have to weigh, Ron Rivera and company are going to have to weigh, is Tua Tagliavailoa's draft price worth enough to get out of that two pick? You're not going to get Chase Young. But you might get another really good defensive player. Maybe you get the Okuda kid out of Ohio State. Personally, I think the most known commodity in the NFL is pass rush. Right now, there is one clear-cut player in the draft that is the best player, not only at that position, but I think on the board completely. So for the Redskins to pass on that, meaning they trade out of that two spot, I don't think that is something that is plausible. I don't think that the Redskins are going to get enough back to feel it is worthy to do that. I think Tua, I think the Lions are an intriguing case at three. Uh, I, I don't think the two spot is going to be up for grabs. I think Chase Young will go second, and that means Tua, the sweepstakes will begin, and I think the Lions phone is going to be ringing off the hook, uh, but I do think he will go third or later. So to me, that pick over under two and a half, I know it's a big price. It's minus 300 right now, but I think it's a worthy price, and I think there's value there because I do not think the Redskins are willing to give up Chase Young. So you're right, and it's minus three bills right now. So you got to pay a lot if you think that's the case. And I think you've accurately kind of organized what it is. In essence, for me, Jared, it's a prop bet. Will the Washington football team trade out of number two? Right? That, that's really what it comes down to. I agree with you. Joe Burrow to Cincinnati, those dots have pretty much been connected. I agree with you as well that Miami and the Chargers are the teams to watch. And I like how you framed it as a Cold War of sorts, right? Because, listen, Miami at five, the Chargers at six. 
One option, Jared, is for them to both stand pat at five and six. I can see Chase Young, an offensive lineman, Akuda, Isaiah Simmons, these guys, right, being if it goes according to plan, and when you see mock drafts, all those teams actually stay in those places. If that was the case, Jared, I think both Miami and the Chargers will then take their pick of Tua, Herbert, if one of them liked love, and however the chips fall, both of these t- teams would get their franchise quarterbacks. The issue, though, is because anybody else that's out there, whether it is the Chargers who you know, think Miami's going to pull the trigger on Tua and they love Tua more than the other options and they know they have to pop Miami, right, or any other team, they know they would have to hop Miami at five in order to get first crack at the apple. You talk about Detroit at three, the Giants at four. I think those guys are going to have their phones ringing off the hook for teams that want to go ahead and have the first dibs at one of these guys. You raise the idea, though, of Washington at two. The way it goes is, let's say you trade with Detroit up to three. You are still not certain that you'll get the quarterback you want. Washington is still the wild card. New head coach Ron Rivera, new defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio, I think they are going to be absolutely happy to have, by many accounts, the best football player in the draft, Chase Young, on the edge, fall to them at number two. And I personally think they're happy to do that and don't even need to trade down. The question is, will anybody blow them away? What do you think, though, Jared, like, will it be Detroit who moves or would Detroit really like one of these guys as well? For example, Detroit was the 32nd ranked pass defense, Jared, in the entire NFL. And not only that, they decided this week to trade. (laughs) So you're the worst pass defense in the NFL. You trade away your number one corner. I see a guy like Jeff Okuda there and maybe they're like, he's our guy at three. Or they think they can, you know, flip-flop with Miami and still get that guy at five. The other thing I'd say, Jared, and we've seen this before, the Chicago Bears were sitting at number three, and they traded with the San Francisco 49ers, who were at two, literally to swap one spot, right, to go out and get Mitchell Trubisky. The Niners then ultimately drafted Solomon Thomas. They loved it because they got the guy they were going to. The Bears, even though they were there, To them, it was worth it to move up one spot just to be certain that no one else could hop them. That's what you would have to do if you truly wanted to get Tua. You'd have to go all the way up to two. Personally, though, Jared, I don't think Washington is moving. I think Washington is going to be happy to have Chase Young. So that means I'm with you, minus 300, but later than pick two. I totally agree. And I'll take it one further on your your, uh, Lions take there, Dane. So... Not only did the Lions trade away Slay and they had the worst pass defense in the league, which would lead yeah. me to believe that they would want Akuda. The fourth pick, the Giants, there are two all-stud offensive tackles right there. Willis and Murphs, the Iowa kid, the Alabama kid. Well, the Giants' offensive line wasn't exactly a brick wall last season. So you are talking about two teams, the Lions and the Giants, that are holding these, these, these cards of, of these teams to trade up. But the players that are available in those spots fill direct needs for what these teams need. So these GMs have to weigh, all right, we could trade back in the draft. We could get an, uh, you know, we could pick up an extra first round pick. We could pick up an extra second round pick. But are we foregoing 
selecting an all-pro type of player in a position of need in order to acquire draft capital. That is the decision that these general managers are going to be faced. And if you were going to ask me, as someone who is very close to this giant situation, there are two stud offensive tackles available. Are you really going to give up taking one of them just so you can get an extra second-round pick at the end of the you – know, I, I mean, to me – that's why I, I, I do think that both of these teams, Chargers and Dolphins, are going to make a strong push for okay. Tua and Herbert to move up for their guys. But at the end of the day, is the juice worth the squeeze? I can't answer that question. Only the GMs of the respective teams can. If you were going to ask me, I would say yes. There's a chance that one of them moves up a spot or two spots. But I, I lean on the error of, okay, these teams have needs. These players fit these needs. Let's just slot them in, and we'll see what the Dolphins do with their fifth pick. Right. Maybe the Giants don't want to get too cute because they know maybe they have a franchise left tackle in the making at number four, right? Um, and the one thing I would say, though, I'd love to get your opinion on it. You said there are two stud offensive tackles. I've been reading as many as four that are viable, like, top 10 caliber sure. picks. Okay, I'm talking Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. I'm talking Wills out of Alabama. You mentioned the kid Werfs out of Iowa. And there's also uh, Becton out of Louisville. So what about the fact, you know, it's a supply and demand thing, right, Jared? So how far, let's say the Giants do want to trade down because their phone is buzzing off the hook and, you know, they like a package that a random team is offering, right? Whether it's Miami, who has a ton of picks, Tampa, who wants to move up because they love love, the Chargers, who feel the same way about a quarterback as the Dolphins, whatever the case may be, right? It's a supply and demand game, Jared. So what about the fact that there may, in fact, be four top 15 pick offensive tackles that they can kind of slide down and take their chances that at least one of them will still be on the board when they pick? Like, how cute do you get when you're thinking about trading down, Jared? It's a very good point, uh, you know, and, and, and the more we discuss it, the, the, and this is why not only do I love working at SportsGrid, but working with the people that we work with, because sometimes I'll come into a segment, I'll come into a thing, having a take, and then when we discuss things, you see different sides of it. And I'm definitely not, uh, you know, too, too man enough to admit, all right, well, that looks interesting. If the Giants feel that one of those other two guys, Becton or, or the, or the uh, kid, you know, or the uh, Georgia kid, if, yeah. exactly, if they think that one of those kids is good and is going to fill that need, then yes. I'm sure the Giants would be willing to trade down and to move back a couple of spots. And it's also an intriguing case here, Dane, because if, if like, say the Chargers put together a nice package to move from six to four, right. you might still get one of the worst kids or, you know, one of the top, you know, the top exactly. one or top two guys at six. So it, I, I do think that there, there's, a, there's a very strong chance that one of, those, one of these teams moves out. The question is, we don't really know the talk behind the scenes is – is Miami confident that they have enough to move up from five to four? But do the Chargers think they can move from six to three? So, right. again, it is kind of like an arms race. Who is going to be the first domino to fall? Both teams might end up staying pat because maybe the Chargers really like Herbert and the Dolphins really like Tua. And the Dolphins are going to take Tua at five anyways. But then they're you're right. But then there, of course, could be another one of those wildcard teams that moves up into the fold. Personally, I don't think... There's going to be a, a, a mystery team for Tua or Herbert. I, I think it's Herbert to, you know, Herbert and Tua, I think, will end up in L.A. or Miami in some capacity. Uh, I, I don't, I haven't seen any mystery teams, 
But I have heard a couple rumblings that L.A. might make a big push and try to move up to one and get Burrow. But I, 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 but that, to me, is a long shot. But again, we've seen these types of long shots happen on draft night. And I still think Burrow will be taken one. He just might not be taken by the Bengals. So, again, we have a whole month of this. There's going to be tons of stories that come out. Just stand, stick to your guns. If you think a guy's going to be taken in this spot and you have reason to believe it, trust your instincts. I don't think two is going to be taken first or second. That's why I like that profit. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that one, Jared. And to be quite honest, the, the, the kind of vision you outlined is ultimately the way I think it's going to go. I think there's going to be a lot of smoke screens, a lot of talk, a lot of rumor. But when it comes down to it, I don't think Washington is going to pass on the opportunity to get a generational pass rusher in Chase Young. Reports are that this kid is better than either one of the Bozas at Ohio State. And you see what they are now doing in the league. Detroit and New York, yeah, they could be open for business, but is the drop and what they get in quantity as much as what they could get in quality by staying with the top five. Jared, we only got a couple minutes left in this segment, but you've mentioned also offensive linemen, right? And here's what I think is interesting. Look at the teams inside what I'll say is the top 11 that have been mocked in one way or another to an offensive lineman. I think there's four kind of studs that we've talked about, right? Thomas, Wills, Wirfs, and Becton. Okay, you, you've mentioned the New York Giants at four. I've seen the Arizona Cardinals mock an offensive tackle at eight. You look at Cleveland at 10. You look at the New York Jets at 11. These teams, I've seen mock drafts where they all go tackle or offensive line in the first round. And Jared, what is the consistent thread among them all? They all have young, developing quarterbacks that they need to protect. A lot of people want to say, like, Jared, I'm a Jets fan, and a lot of people are saying, like, oh, could it be CeeDee Lamb uh, to go to the Jets? Oh, could it be Jerry Judy to go to the Jets? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want a first-round wide receiver. If there's 15 or 20 or so guys that are uh, supposed to be quality in this draft, I'll spend rounds two or three or even round six. We found Robbie Anderson as an undrafted free agent. Okay, but Joe Douglas, do your thing and get one of these offensive linemen to protect Sam Darnold. What do you think about that, Jared? These teams that have young quarterbacks, it's nice to get shiny new toys on the outside, but they got to keep them upright. I totally I couldn't agree more. I mean, don't get me wrong. As a Jets fan, I'd love to see another Plaxico Burris type of quarter or type of receiver out there. You know, in terms of the guy that's tall and rangy and can do everything. In round two. There you go. And, and again, we talk about consistency and continuity. The offensive line to me is the quickest way to rebuild a team. And the defensive line as well. But the offensive line is the quickest way to rebuild a team. I like what Joe Douglas has done in free agency. He's kind of nibbled at the offensive line. He hasn't had the big, you know, the, the, the big move yet. He got a couple of guys who are you know, borderline starters who should be starters, but they're not Pro Bowl starters by any stretch. You have a chance at 11 to maybe get one of those guys. Now, we'll see where the rest of the draft falls. I'll tell you what, if the first five picks are all quarterbacks and defensive players, well, there's only four, there's four offensive linemen, so you've got a pretty decent shot to get one of those guys at some point. Something tells me there's going to be some teams that do reach for these wide receivers. We'll see who does. But I think there's going to be a couple of teams that reach because this is such a deep wide receiver class. There's going to be a team that says, I want the best guy in the best class. 
So we'll see who it is. I hope it's not the Jets. I would love to see Wirfs or Beckton or one of those guys go to the Jets because then all of a sudden their offensive line is ready to roll. But I, I have a feeling that other teams are going to notice that as well. And I think by the 10th or 11th pick, all four of those linemen are going to be gone. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I just hope one of there is still left there for Joe Douglas at 11. Hey, Jared, four and a half quarterbacks is the total. Six and a half linemen are the total. You referenced the wide receivers. FanDuel's hanging a total of five and a half. We'll dig into the wide receiver market for the draft and try to connect some of those dots when we come back on the other side of the break. It's Dane and Jared. We're at the window. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to At The Window here on SportsGrid. We're here giving you the edge on the grid, Dane Martinez and Jared Smith. We're looking mostly at the NFL draft today, right? Because we've realized that it's been turned into a, a studio television production, which is fine. Everyone's still going to watch it. 
I'm going to watch it, Jared. I know you're going to watch it. And I'll we're going to be popcorn cheering. ready, baby. Absolutely cheering for our teams to augment themselves. One thing uh, that we do have to mention before that, because we've been talking about the wide receiver market a bunch, Jared. You play GM. I know, I know what priorities you care about in the wide receivers. Robbie Anderson, sorry. Devin Funches, I'm sorry. But some of those names have come off the board since we last spoke, two of them specifically. One, the Las Vegas Raiders have gone ahead and signed Nelson Aguilar. Jared, you know, who you kind of had at the bottom of the list, but he got himself a job. And what I think the big one is, is Manny Sanders does in fact get signed by the New Orleans Saints on a two-year, $16 million contract. So $8 million a year for a guy like that seems to be the going rate. Robbie Anderson, Brashad Perryman, Devin Funches, you need to recognize. But what do you think about this move, Jared? We have identified the Saints as a team that really needed that strong number two opposite Michael Thomas. They now get it in Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, and what I love about it, you know, obviously New Orleans, I would, I would classify their offense as very versatile. I don't think they have one specific, like, rotation of guys that are like, all right, this is how it's going to go. They like to move pieces around the chessboard. Sean Payton's proven that. I mean, look how they used Taysom Hill in the past. So what they get in Sanders is a veteran who can pick up an offense quickly, who can move into the slot, who can play on the outside. They can put him in the backfield. They can do all types of different things with him. I think he's even thrown a pass in his career as well. They can do all kinds of things with Emmanuel Sanders. And he's a guy that's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the top of the mountain. He knows what it's like to win. I love the move. I think it's a great move. The price was right. And you're right. Paraman, Anderson, Funches, you're not going to get double-digit million dollars at this stage. You missed that boat. That right. boat is now come and gone. Now, granted, like we said, there could be some wrinkles in free agent or in the, uh, in, in the pre-draft process, in the mini-camp process. If there's some injuries in preseason, that could open the doors for some of these players that have not yet been signed that maybe they get a big of a, a bit of a boost in their salary than they normally would because of need. But what we're seeing today, Dane, a guy like Emmanuel Sanders to get that price, that's kind of the market for these free agent wide receivers right now. I think New Orleans made the necessary move, and they all of a sudden get a little bit deeper because we know they lost Teddy Bridgewater, so how much is Taysom Hill going to be utilized? Now they add someone to the mix who can be another Swiss Army knife at wide receiver. I think it's a great move. I think Drew Brees is going to really like Emmanuel Sanders. We already saw immediate rapport with Jimmy Garoppolo and Emmanuel Sanders early on. They did very well in the early stages of that, of that San Francisco experiment. He got hurt a little bit down the stretch. That hampered his productivity. But if he stays healthy, he's a guy that can help the Saints win some, win some football games. Yeah, absolutely. And let me tell you something. Maybe the Saints saw Emmanuel Sanders' value because against the Saints with the San Francisco 49ers, he put up a 7 for 157 in a touchdown in that crazy game that you remember. What was that, like 44-41? That game was wild. And like you said, in that game, he threw a 35-yard touchdown pass to Raheem Mostart. <laughs> So now you got, you got Drew Brees, you got Taysom Hill, you got Manny Sanders. I wouldn't be surprised if Alvin Kamara is in the gym right now throwing. You know, you never know, like you just said, right? A very diverse, multiple, and creative offense in New Orleans. They get healthier, they get better. And listen, Drew Brees, the window is obviously closing. So the time is now to get him the weapons we need or that he needs. Jared, we talked a little bit you know, as it related to Robbie Anderson. 
as it related to Brashad Perryman, that maybe some of these teams don't want to go ahead and spend, whether it's $7 million or $10 million for a wide receiver, and they don't have to because there are so many wide receivers that people like coming up in this year's draft, which is about to take place in a month in a television studio for the most part. The over-under on this one, Jared, is five and a half. That means we could probably come up with five wide receivers right now that may be hearing their names called in round one. We'll play the game of trying to connect the dots to which teams. But first off, for people who have not really dove in yet to the college game and who these wide receivers are, who are some of these first-round talents that should expect to get their names called in round one. I've heard the names of, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, but who are some of these other guys that are going to be first-round picks? Well, we saw two of them battle each other uh, in the national championship game, and, and, and that's the Higgins kid from Clemson and the Jefferson kid from LSU. Those are the two kids that stand out to me as those next-level guys. You've got two players on Alabama, which is fascinating because we don't think of Alabama as this wide receiver factory. Granted, you know, Julio Jones certainly has 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 kind of changed that dynamic. But Alabama has been much more known for their running backs with Henry and Ingram and those guys over the years uh, that have kind of made their hay uh, in the NFL. Now they are becoming this wide receiver factory. We've got Ruggs uh, and, and, and we've also got Judy as the two studs to come from from Alabama you mentioned CeeDee Lamb we went back and forth during our little pre-show uh chat we we're we're kind of on different sides of that coin I would lean Lamb right now as my top guy you like Judy but I think they're both can't miss prospects I think they're both going to go very close to each other in the draft I don't know which one's going to go first I think that's a matter of subjectivity with some of these GMs but my guess is when one of them gets taken first the next one will be very close behind because that is when we probably will start to see a run of wide receiver talent. My guess is the quarterbacks, the linemen, and of course Okuda are going to be your top 10 somewhere in that capacity. Then once you get into 11, 12, 13, that's when I think some of these wide receivers are going to come off the board. Judy or Lamb are going to be right at the top. Then Ruggs. Ruggs could surprise. Ruggs could jump one of these guys because I think they love his speed. He has the game-breaking speed. He's the fastest wide receiver in this draft. And then I think you'll see Higgins and Jefferson also in the first round. So there's five right there. There's a couple of other names that are interesting. The kid from Colorado, Chabalt's ranked very high. I think the Arizona State kid, Brandon Ayuk, also has a chance to be in the draft as well. And then, of course, my favorites, of course, K.J. Hamler of Penn State, who has a little bit more of a dynamic player. He doesn't have the size that some of these other guys have at 5'11", 180. I liken him to more of a Tyreek Hill. So he needs to be in a right system, in a right fit, in order for somebody to take him in the first round. I do think there's going to be a team at the back of the draft in the first round that does take a chance on Hamler because he has elite game-breaking ability. Again, he needs to fill out his body a little bit, but I liken his I liken his kind of electricity to what Tyreek Hill brings to the table. I think there's going to be someone that takes a chance on Hamler at the end of the first round. Yeah, absolutely, and I like the way you just framed that, Jared. Remember, I, if you brushed up on American history earlier in the week, I told you about the XYZ affair, right? And when you see some of these wide receivers, Judy, for example, T. Higgins, for example, they're your kind of prototypical tall, bigger-bodied guys, right? Then you mentioned the kid from Penn State, Ruggs as well, with kind of game-breaking speed. So not only is it just these names, but the kind of role they need to fill, whether it's an ex-outside guy or a guy that can, you know, run great routes and cut both ways from the slot. So it's just not the name, but it's about the fit 
and how it meshes with the rest of the offense. But I think you're right. Those are some of the names wide receiver needy teams need to look for. Jared, now let's try to connect these dots. And this is where we have some fun. The first team I'm going to tell you I think is a lock to get a wide receiver. They sit right now at number 25, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. So, <laughs> yeah. Jared, they just – I think they showed their cards in trading Stefan Diggs away, right? They knew that they didn't want to pay him, in essence. So how do you replace you know, some of that production, some of that talent on the cheap? Well, it's with a rookie. You just, you know, extended Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen is on the wrong side of 30 and had injury concerns. I know about Dalvin Cook, but you need someone else to add some dynamic potential to the offense. I think the Vikings are a team in need of a wide receiver that may use it, uh, may go there in round one. What say you? I think that's, I think that makes total sense. I mean, not, not only do they have the 25th pick, but they just got the 22nd pick from Buffalo for that I, Stephon Diggs deal. So they have two picks in, a, in an area of the first round where you would think there's going to be one of these big-name wide receivers, one of the five we just mentioned, maybe even one of the other kind of offbeat ones that is going to be there at 22, at 25. And if you're Minnesota, how do you not replace your best playmaker, your best outside playmaker, with an immediate need in a position of strength in this draft? I mean, you're right. They they literally gave us the blueprint for what they need to do. I think they need to improve their secondary as well. They got a little bit thin in the secondary. I think their defensive line is solid. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the game. They have to improve in the back of their situation. Secondary wide receiver. Their game-breaking positions need to get deeper. They've got two opportunities to do so at 22 and 25. I would be shocked. In fact, I tweeted this out over the weekend. If I could make any bet in this draft right now there'd be two of them that i'd make one of them would be that the patriots take a quarterback in rounds one through four the other one is that with their first round pick one of their two first round picks the vikings take a wide receiver in my mind it's one of the biggest locks of this draft with the exception of course of the patriots also taking a quarterback to me those are the two things that i am almost certain will happen in this year's draft yeah and you make a good point now that minnesota does actually have 22 and 25, and I think you're right where they may go. Not only wide receiver, I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts with the Vikings getting a cornerback, maybe C.J. Henderson out mm. of Florida, for example. Jed, I'll give you another team that I think is going to play in the wide receiver game and another team that has multiple picks in the first round, Jared. I'm talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, Jared. They pick at number 12 and at number 19. That's the pick from the Bears that they got from the Khalil Mack trade. Now, listen. Jared, the Raiders have been looking to solve a wide receiver issue for years, right? They even tried the Antonio Brown route. We know how that worked out. Last year, they signed Terrell Williams. He had some injuries. He's a, I think he's a good number two kind of wide receiver. There's a lot of buzz about the Raiders making moves for wide receivers that are named Odell and others, you know. So we know they are in the wide receiver market. If none of those big names come to fruition, I can see Las Vegas making a move. They got picks at 12 and 19. Yeah, and they they also signed Nelson Aguilar, and I consider him more of a like a three even. I wouldn't even put him in the two category. Yeah, I I would put him in the three. They also have Hunter Renfro, who I like a lot, and he's not a one either. He's kind of a kind of a swingman. I would put him more where you can kind of put him in the slot. You can do a lot of different things with him. You think Terrell Williams is a one? No, and I think the Raiders with the 12th pick can get their one. 
The Raiders with 12, I think they, if you were going to ask me a team that is going to start the, the, the run at wide receiver, I think at 12, they could set the market for it. And they could say, hey, I'm going to take Lamb at 12, or hey, I'm going to take Ruggs at 12, or, I'm, or you know, I like Judy the best. You know, we've seen Las Vegas get a little bit unique with kind of their, their, their sets. We don't know who's going to play quarterback for them next year. Is it going to be Mariota? Is it going to be Carr? Is there another player that's going to be entered into that situation? So I think who plays quarterback might dictate what kind of receiver they want. Carr is more of a guy that probably likes throwing to a Hunter Renfro. Maybe Mariota needs a little bit more of a game-breaking wide receiver with more of an elite athleticism to, in, to, 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 to get some separation. So I think who plays quarterback might actually dictate who they take in the wide receiver draft. But I would be shocked. You're right. They've got two picks in the top 20. I think one of them is going to be a wideout. Yeah, listen, you know, you talk about the uh, having Renfro already. He's already a slot kind of guy. The role that Aguilar could play, the role that Tyrell Williams could play. I think this screams to me, honestly, at number 12, I would not be surprised if they are calling the name of Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs III, Jared. You talked about the game-breaking speed, and could that be the piece of the puzzle that the Raiders need, given the rest of their wide receiver room? Terrell Williams is 6'3", 6'4". Renfo is your slot guy. Remember, you have Darren Waller as well at the tight end position. You already filled the running back need with last year. You have Jason Witten now, too. And you have Witten as well. The final ingredient to this Gruden offense as they move to Vegas could, in fact, be a guy, a speedster, like Ruggs. Jared, do you have any other teams? I've got one more that I think would be smart to address it, but I first want to turn the attention to you because you are so plugged into this. What other teams are you connecting the dots to the wide receiver position? I, I certainly think Denver could use one, you know, based on based on what their situation is at the wide receiver position. You know, State we, we – yeah. We, what's that? You're a Penn State guy? Correct. You don't believe in Deshaun Hamilton anymore? I do, but it's it's Sutton and it's Hamilton, and and that's really it. I mean, you know, so I I, I pull up their depth chart right now, but I'm pretty sure that the rest of the wide receivers uh, in their situation are yeah. Tim Patrick's their number three. Yeah. You're telling me that you can't now. I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I like Deshaun Hamilton a lot. They're very young. They're very unproven. I think when you have young wide receivers, depth is the key because the more you have in the mix, the more versatile you become. If you lock Deshaun Hamilton into that number two role, he has to go up against the number two corner every single day. But if you draft someone and all of a sudden you get a little versatility with Hamilton, hey, we can move him into the slot now. Hey, we can maybe move him outside a little bit and run him in two wide receiver sets with Sutton and then have the Y on the other side of the field. It gives you a little versatility. And right now, I don't trust Tim Patrick. And, and he, you know, and, and the, the Broncos picked 15th. They've addressed some of their other needs in the offseason I don't think they've addressed the wide receiver position yet. I like what they have, but I think this is such a deep class. Every single team that has any question of depth issue at this position has an opportunity to improve here. And Denver, as much as we like what they've done, they've got Melvin Gordon coming into the mix as well. The more wide receivers you have to flank him, the better. Yeah, absolutely, Jared. You know, and that's why the total on FanDuel is five and a half in the first round. A lot of teams will have the opportunity. How many of them actually do it? I'll throw out one last one all the way down at pick 30. Jared is the Green Bay Packers. Okay, and listen, if we're talking about the window for Drew Brees starting to close, that's why they went out and got Manny Sanders. What about the Green Bay Packers? You have Devontae Adams. And here's the thing. 
Jared. Last year in free agency in the draft, they went defense, 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 and really improved their defense. Now is the time to get that second weapon opposite Devontae Adams and give Aaron Rodgers a chance. You like their running game? I agree. I like their offensive line. How many more years does Aaron Rodgers have at the top of the heap? I don't know. And they haven't gotten it done with Geronimo, Allison, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Jake Kumaro, and the like. I think they turn their attention, actually get the playmaker to add the last ingredient to that Packers offense. All right, good to keep an eye on for you fantasy players and for you draft Knicks out there. I'll tell you what, Jared and I will continue the conversation here on At The Window. That does it for us today. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be right back at it. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith giving you the edge here on The Grid at SportsGrid.com. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.